Well, my dad was young and first married, and he's put, I'm going to testify to you. This is what I feel like doing. And he had a dozer, and a couple trucks were, they called him a timberman or salmon, and he went down in the river hills and cut big trees, oak trees and stuff, and hauled them in. And one day, he was trimming a fence row, and he was going to burn the brush after he trimmed the trees and put the logs on the truck. He had one of those big green army gas cans, a big five-gallon. Anybody ever seen them? You probably did. Big army yeah, gas can. Five-gallon steel cans. And he had to, had the lid off. He just filled, I guess, the chainsaw or whatever. And the lid was off. I guess he forgot to put it back on. And he had to let the dozer run because back then it was one of these jobs. It didn't have a starter and a battery. <laughs> And he, he would just let, sit there and run on, on low putt. And just all of a sudden, while he was cutting, he looked up and the sky got real black and this big wind come. Just out of nowhere, just come. Now, if you know your Bible, you know this guy is the prince and the power of the air. God made the storms for good thing. Rain and the wind to dry it after the snow melts so it's not all sloppy wet all summer. But this guy likes to get a hold of it and pervert it. He wants to pervert whatever God made. Anything God made, he wants to pervert. And that's what the social system, the Communist Party, that's what they're trying to do. Take away our free society. Take away our economy. Take away the good things that the last president gave to us. And the Bible says when you have a good king, it's king, but we call him president. When you have a good king, the people rejoice. It's nice to get a fat check in the mail every now and then. Bless you. Hmm? And now we've got another society that says when they're evil, the people groan. Hmm. You want to groan now because you know all them good things are going to be taken away for a space of time. And now's when we need to be sharp. Now's when we need to be more God-dependent than ever. Because when this guy kicks in high gear through his ponds, God's got people that's going to make it all right. In the Bible, it's always turned around to be all right. And it's going to be all right no matter how many storm clouds are in the sky. And when that wind blew, it blew the sparks from that tractor hit the five-gallon of gas. And it exploded. And my dad was right close to there and it flew off. Burn all the skin off his neck, off his chest. They could see the bones some places on his arms, on his hands. If you looked at him, he had white, white spots because the dermatitis was burned away. <clears throat> and he spent two or three years and all they could do was cover him with uh, grease because they didn't have nothing back then and put a sheet on him. <laughs> but yet my daddy knew, he said, by the grace of God, I made it. Somewhere, somewhere, what's instilled in us, we know. We know. And he uttered, by the grace of God, I made it. A couple years later, he was only like 28 then, I guess, and he got married, him and mom, and working in the sawmill, and he was using one of those can hooks. That's, that's a hook that hooks a log, and it's about a five-foot handle on And He put all his 200-some pounds in there, and he pulled that log, and the thing snapped and threw him back over the track where the saw was, fell on there and broke three or four vertebrae in his back, and he was in a cast from his hips up. 
This guy wanted to take away the image that he was made in. And if nobody ever tells you, you'll never know. Because my dad chose, his free will chose to be self-dependent. We have to understand that. That's why the tree of the knowledge of good, thinking we do good without God is self-dependent. We're saying to God, I don't need you. That's what you're saying. You may not say it with your mouth, but in your heart and in your mind, you're saying, I don't really need you. I'm educated. I'm in the cloud. I know the boss. Me and the boss go out for a beer and barbecue. So you think you got it made. But when that guy's out to get you after he, after he baited the trap, he baited the trap because scholars say that the serpent walked up on his tail. And he come in there and he had some kind of dialect that he talked with that Eve understood because she communicated with him every day. Now it didn't make sense to us today because God cursed him and he said from this day forward because you deceived the woman, you're going to lay on your belly now and eat dust. He got his reward. And she spoke whatever language it was. It may have been Aramaic, it may have been Hebrew whatever, but she spoke back and forth. And he says, hath God said? He's a perverter. Or did God, do you, do you think that's really what God meant? When God tells you to go to church every Sunday, do you, do you think that's what God really meant? When trusting with 10% of your income, do you think that's what he really meant? That's what he's still saying that today. Lying to millions today. All over the planet, he's lying to. Do you really think God meant you have to give him 10? Don't he know you got bills to pay? Yeah. Hello? Amen. That's God's order of law. You trust me. That's what he said. Just think, he could have asked you for the 9% and left you stuck with 10. That's what the banks today do. Basically, what the bank does. But he's a good God by his grace. He said, if you can just trust me with one thin dime, I'll let you keep the other nine. And I will redeem that nine where you'll live successfully. Then use your common sense. Don't go out and blow everything you make. When God puts something in your hand, put it back for a rainy day that you have it to pay. My wife and I, we just bought a new set of furniture. Our son-in-law was gracious and built us a nice family room on the front of our house where the porch was. And we just, we thank God for him every day. I said, God, I thank you for my son-in-law. It was so gracious, him and my daughter, to do this for us. So my wife says we ought to have a new, little bit of new furniture for in here. So I took her over to Lancaster and I bought her a nice outfit. God put the money in our hands. I paid it off. I paid cash. I didn't have to pay for three, four, five years and pay all that interest. I paid it off, paid cash. And then now the sun's starting to come in. And she said, I don't want my furniture to get tainted by the sun. She said, I need some blinds on them windows. I said, you'll have them. God, God's going to supply. He'll, he'll supply. But then, 
She checked, went on the tube and checked our account. And there's this $1,400 in there for her and $1,400 for me. I said, now, we'll go order your blinds and we'll pay cash. I like to pay cash. And we'll have a whole lot left over for other things. Give the Lord a hand clap. Now, I taught you first things. So the first thing she does, she knows she don't even have to ask me because she knows we're one. She said I went in the office and I made out a check for the church for their $2,800. But she always goes over. We believe in going over because God goes over. So she wrote a check for $300. Gave it to the church. <laughs> the next week, somebody handed her an envelope and told her how much they appreciated it. There was two hundred dollars in there. You cannot outgive God when the time is right. And about a week or two later, somebody handed her another envelope. It was another two hundred dollars? And she said, "Well, I said I told you you're God's favorite." <laughs> they always hand it to her. Again. She smiles more than I do. I guess. Anyhow, so we got the 300 plus. See how good God is? But you've got to trust him. You've got to trust him. You've got to trust him. Don't take him out of your agenda. That's what the world is doing. That's what the society is doing. They want to take him out of the agenda. They don't want him in nothing no more. You know why? Because it hair lips the enemy. It perverts what he tries to do. Makes him mad. Just the mention of Yeshua, the mention of the Messiah, the mention of the God who redeemed mankind from the abyss. And my father didn't know that this man would have never, never planned on, never would have sent him to hell. This is what would have sent my father to hell. I got a life without him. So now I want to stand in his presence and get a reward like everybody else is getting and I don't recognize him. You know, it's hard sometimes when we're tested to where we're pressured. I know like when you first told me about the car accident you had, and I looked at that little, to me, I saw it as a little dent in the bumper compared to a big 18-wheeler hitting you and spinning you in circles, flipping you over, down over the embankment, have, being decapitated or being crippled for the rest of your life. You look at it and say, <laughs> didn't work, did it? <laughs> you foiled again. See, when you see it like that, you can walk away with a smile because he keeps trying, he keeps trying, and he keeps trying. How long is he going to try? Till Jesus comes. But what you got to understand, every time you're tested and tested and tested and tested and tested, he's already lost. One day I was studying, and I read where God kicked him out of heaven. You know, he went in the boardroom. 
and he tried to go in the boardroom and accuse Job. The audacity that he had the nerve to go where he wasn't welcome. He wasn't even invited. But he walks right into the boardroom to the Trinity and he decides to accuse God's children. Child. <laughs> so God in his, in his pride, God cast him out. And I thought, okay. I got to thinking, I reread that and reread that. And I thought, if he cast him out, it doesn't say anything of where he went, where he's going to go, but not where he went. So I got to thinking, he's still falling. All these years, he's still falling. You know, you, look, you ever see a movie where they got that hole, the dark hole, and you fall and you fall and you fall and you're screaming and your mind's ready to explode because you don't know when it's going to go splat. He don't know when he's going to go splat. So he's trying to take everybody with him that he can before he splats. So he's still falling. Can you imagine the torment? See, he's in torment, but he wants us to believe we're the ones in torment. He's the one being tormented. Because one day he hits that abyss. All them people that he deceived. I mean, they're going to gnaw on him like you wouldn't believe. Huh? And we're going to rejoice. <laughs> I, want to, I want to look in them eyes. I can't even read the scripture. I'm sorry. I... You go home and read it and study I just felt like testifying to you today. Is that all right? Amen. Did you learn anything? Yes. a girl. She's nodding her head. I don't want to embarrass you, but thank you. She's nodding, yeah. I like to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. This church is different. We're not orchestrated. I don't do what all the men in the white suits tell me to do. I only got one man and he's in a white robe and that's that man there. And he told me that this is the way to do it today so this is the way I went. And I hope you were richly blessed. I hope you go away blessed. I love you. I really love you. I really do. And don't believe that lie from him that out of sight, out of mind is not true because I'm thinking about you all the time. I was praying the other day and thinking about each one of you as individual. That this man here would visit you in his grace, in his goodness, that he'll do things, exploits, in the end time, the closer he gets. He's, you got to start coming up a little higher with your mindset. Bring your mind up a little higher. Forget where you come from. That's, that's history. Don't recreate history. It's gone. Let's, let's create a new image now in his image. Create a person that's going to excel. Listen, church, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can think or ask. God said, will I find faith when I come? Will I find faith? He can by being God-dependent. Let's stand and give him a good hand clap. Them two trees are still affecting the human race. 
when you look all around you and you see the rape and the murder and the drugs and you don't even like to talk about it. just think about the trees you'll know which tree they are of he said you'll know the fruit of that tree whether it's good or whether it's bad because he said a bad tree cannot produce never good fruit he's talking about people now and a good tree will never produce bad fruit why because of him if you're following this guy, you always produce bad fruit. And that's your life. That's your righteousness. Being born again is just the start. But Jesus said he's the author and the finisher. And he'll maintain your life in between till he comes. He said the same way he left them with hope. He said the same way you see me go is the same way I'm going to come. And when you focus on that, he's going to come but only for those that have their focus on him. Don't let these people in this society upset you. Don't let them perturb you. Don't let them make you angry and upset. That's what he wants to do. That's his kingdom. He has a kingdom too. His kingdom is functioning. It even functions in the church. He come into church now. He's got the audacity just like he did to went to the boardroom. He sits in the church. Well, I ain't shaking hands with her. I can't stand her. I don't like her. She don't even ever smile at me. Huh? Mm -hmm. Can I uh, say something? You guys got a couple minutes. I just have something to say. We, uh, no, I don't need that. My wife and I went out to dinner last night, and we had a, a, gift, a gift card that we went to. What's the name of the place? I always forget it. Stony Run. Stony Run, because I always forget. So anyway, we went out for dinner. And I'm a people watcher, and we're talking, and you know, she was talking, and I was talking. We're having a nice, very nice conversation. We knew before we started that it would be a 45-minute wait before we got food. So I am like one of these: you go in, you order your food, it comes to the table, you eat, you get done, you leave. Just how I do it. And you should have asked for a glass full of patience. Well, I, I need that. So anyway, that's where I'm going. <laughs> Picture. Great tool, but it's disguised. It's the enemy. This is the enemy. I never carry it with me. In fact, when I get home from work, it goes on the nightstand, people call. I don't know it because I don't pay attention to it that much. I try to stay off it a lot, all the time. Facebook, I got into a little bit because of everything going on right now, but then I got out of it because, again, it's not good. It has, it has, a, it has a purpose, but the purpose is kind of lost. So anyway, we're sitting there, and I'm watching people, and we're talking. And I couldn't help but there was this old couple sitting way in the back, and he'd come in, and they were talking for a little bit. And the next thing you know, the husband's just sitting there. And I got past her window. She goes, what are you looking at? I said, well, I'm looking at this person. This lady's sitting there, and she's got this thing in her hand, and she's just scrolling through it. And the husband's sitting there, divide and conquer, just what they've been doing to us in this country. Looked over at another couple. There's two sets, two guys and two women. And they're sitting there, and they're having a conversation, but it's kind of like they're not really present with that conversation. <coughs> Scrolling through it, everybody's got their scroll on. Every once in a while, it's like, oh, look at this, it's great, you know. But there's no community, no conversation, like, how you doing, how's your life, how's, you know, yeah. what's going on with the kids? So I find it funny. This is the enemy. So as we're sitting there and we're waiting for our food, we ordered something to drink, 
and we brought ordered an appetizer, and that came out relatively quick. So she wasn't in, she was at the ladies' room, so I started munching a little bit. She came out, and we finished up, and now we're waiting. So we got there like 6, 6.15, and this is the enemy too. It's time, and it's always on our wrist in most cases, guys, but it's also with the enemy. So every couple minutes, I'm like, I'm starting to get like, okay, we're here, we've been here for a while. Hour, hour, I know it's hour 15, because I was looking at this, the enemy. So finally, Rolinda says to me, will you stop looking at your watch? And I said, I'm not. And she says, you are. I said, I'm not. She goes, you are. I said, I'm ready. She goes, this is the first time we've really sat down for a really long time and talked. And like just talked about stuff. But you know, my wife talks more than I do, but I'm not gonna say that to anybody, you know, especially her. So anyway, so anyway I'm, I'm sitting here and, and, we're, and we start engaging and we're having a conversation and the waitress pops in. Is everything okay? You got everything you need? I'm like, yeah, I got water and you know, we're, we're good here, okay? Off she goes. So finally the guy that managed the place, he pops in and he says, I'm so sorry. I told you 45 minutes, it's well past that. I'll give you 10% off your bill. And Melinda says, you don't have to do that. I'm like, okay, well, really you do, but I'm all right with that. You know, it's just, I understand what's going on here. So we're still waiting for food and we're still having the, the, the conversations, but I'm still going like this. And finally I said to her, she says, give it to me. And I'm like, no, I'm not giving it to you. I said, I can sit here without looking at it. So as you turn it in with this thing, sure. the, the time comes on, it's automatic. And I'm like, oh man. So she goes, you saw it. I said, no, I didn't. I didn't see the time. So I flipped it around under my arm and then I sat there like this. And of course I'm sitting like this and I can see it this way. So I said, oh, she goes, you can still see it. So I said, all right, I will not look at it. So I didn't. And a couple more minutes go by and I have to go to the men's room. She goes, you're gonna look at your watch. I said, honest, I give you my word. I will not look at it. And I did not. I kept my word. But finally the food arrived and it's 8.20. So we're like two hours there. It took a while to order. But oh, well, yeah, well, just, we, we want to get to that. Yeah. But that's a little bit of a discre yeah, discretion there. We have a little disagreement. But anyway, yeah. Normally I order my food. I know what I want. Boom. But I took a little longer than normal. So as I look back on this, the food came. I didn't eat all of it because it's getting late. Melinda ate all of hers because she was hungry, <laughs> and um, she had duck. By the way, it was really good. I really didn't taste that. So anyway, the gal came, gave me the receipt. No 10% off. And I'm like, oh, they didn't give me my 10%. So she's going to say something. I'm like, nah, not worried about it. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tip the gal. So I get my money out to tip her. And I, of course, you know, I always antagonize her with my tips because, you know, it's a guy thing. We just kind of like antagonize our women. So I put down. She goes, you're not just giving her that. I said, yes, I am. She goes, no, no. I said, okay, well, I whipped out the rest of it. I knew it was coming with. I put that down. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have him give 10% to her because she's running around here like a nutcase. So when she come up, I'd given her the check, I'd given her the tip, and I said, your boss was supposed to kick 10% off of this, so I want him to give that to you, so make sure you say something to him so that he does. She goes, okay. So when I got up to leave, we were starting to walk out the door, and he came around and I told him, he said, I thought I, put, I, thought I took that off. I said, no, you didn't, but I want you to give it to her. I said, because she is running around here with her head cut off. Got a lot of people waiting on food, and I'm sure they can get antsy. So, and, you know, representing antsy. 
So anyway, when I got here today, Pastor, Pastor was talking about time and, and just that. I thought about it, and I thought about it last night. It was just like, for some reason, God had slowed me down when he made me take my time ordering, which I don't normally do. He had her bring up to me that we don't really talk and really have a good time one-on-one -on -one talk in the environment we were in, people around there. So I was present with her, and that I realized that there is an enemy, and I'm wearing it, and I hold it with me, and I need to lean less on that. What's more precious in your life is the person that's sitting across from you. Just by the example of all those people that I'm sitting or watching, and it's all people. It's like, dude, you, you folks are old folks. You need to start talking to each other. You need to have that relationship with each other. Yeah. You don't need the relationship. Us young people, yeah, young. We all need to have that with our relationships, our family, our parents, sisters, brothers. Take the time because he's coming. And are you prepared, I mean, to go with your family, to be with him, having that time to love each other, appreciate value, show grace, humility, humbleness, and in his likeness, what he wants us to be. Those arms, he's got them open for us. Stand right here, here I am, boom, in God's hands. So there you go, that's my closing thing. So, well, yeah. I have something. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. I've been going through something, and uh, my dog got me up in the middle, well, about 12 o'clock, 11, 12 o'clock. There was, I turned on TV, and, and there was Cece Wines doing a, a, a concert. She was really good, and I'm telling you, God used her like you wouldn't believe. Like, she would go between her song, she would speak, you know, and the, and the things that she would say was just, God was just speaking to me. And I'm going to be honest, you know, with going through things, you just don't open the Bible just like you should. And I'm like, you know what? I just need to do it. So it was like it wasn't marked in any specific place. I picked it up, and there was Ephesians 4.17. And it was like, because of the issues I have, you know, he was saying, so I, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of, your think, of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because they have ignorance that is in, in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And it was just like, I needed to hear that. You know, God just, like, it was just something that I, I had to do and I did it and it was like, you're okay with it. And it was like God was saying, you know, your church family is your true brothers and sisters. Your family, you know, it's it's just like he was saying, I'm the black sheep of my family, and I'm just going through a hard time. And, you know, but I just felt like God, like, just that verse, those verses, just, he was speaking to me, you know. And it was just like, God is your best friend, you know. And like, when you have those hard times, even when you don't, we need to go to him, and we need to, to read his word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this was like, you know, this the you know like God just speaking to me a second time all over with this whole situation. So, yeah, it was awesome. So thank you for listening to God and just doing it like you did, Pastor Tom, today.
All right, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us here today. Yes. Thank you for loving us all unconditionally. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for shining the light on our path. Even though at times we can't see it, we are seeking it. We are seeking you. Keep us moving forward because in the end, we are going to be with you in heaven for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yes, amen.